0: The sounds of Alex Van Halen's drums bringing us in Hot for Teacher. We're going to do our favorite drummers, or best drummers, however you want to define it, on the countdown for Twisted Lister episode 26. Welcome to the show. As always, I'm joined by Todd and Harrison. I'm Scott. Special guest in studio today, Thad, as well. He's going to give his expertise as we count down our favorite drummers. Welcome, boys. Thank you. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, Thad, thanks for it's being be here. Of course, yeah. So you guys, Todd Harrison, you went out and saw Gaslight Anthem this week, huh? We did. How was We the did. Show? They, they were excellent, as as always. It's probably the I'm
1: probably getting close to double digits in terms of the number of times I've seen them, but they put on a whole of a show. Um, so I was uh, I was really happy with it. Harrison, what did you think? You
2: know, I thought it was good. Soulful, a lot of you know new stuff and deep cuts. Um, you know they seem to have really gotten their uh their their touring down, so they were really Really good and professional. No encore though, and they made a point of that. They think it's weird. Yeah, that was funny because I've definitely seen them do encores
1: in the past, but maybe they just decided they're done with them. That's, yeah, um, so that that's interesting. I, re- I respected
2: it. I, respected I was, it. I was irritated. I was a little irritated. Yeah, I, I, I that wait,
0: that's an interesting take that they don't do encores anymore. That's, uh I mean, that's kind of strange. It's like this given, unspoken yeah, kind of um, thing, and in, it's interesting because in Brian Fallon. Yeah.
2: It's a culture thing. That's
0: what I was saying. It's yeah, part of the culture. It's
1: full on. Yeah, but like Mike yeah, Mike Doty, he always jokes. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't always do an encore. I mean, he jokes about it. But has yeah. he eliminated? I mean, he'll still I was... like walk off and walk. He walks to the side of the stage and then he walks like back onto the other side. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I, I like that. I enjoy it. It's good to have fun with it. But I don't know. But anyway, it's funny.
0: Yeah. What? I don't know. It's we I think it's it's like an unspoken thing. It's, you just accept it. It's it's what you do. You know. It's it's. It's it's awkward. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it's it's one of the most awkward things in rock music. But it is what it is. You know, it's interesting. So Harrison, you were yeah, pissed about it, huh?
2: I wasn't pissed. I was mi- mildly annoyed. I just, you know, it's just. I don't know. It was something. It was ir- an irrational annoyance, I guess. But <laughs> just, you know, you just kind of expect an encore, right? You just like want, want that, like one or two more songs, you know, at the end of the night. But, I agree.
0: Well, irrational yeah. annoyances. That's what this show is all about, right? So without, <laughs> without any further ado, let's count down our favorite drummers. Thad, you're in the guest spot. You're going first. That's the way we're going to do it. So, <laughs> so that, that, that
2: is here, Thad, of uh, Marshall Plan fame. Classic Thad. Yeah. The original, right. the OG uh, drummer for uh, the Marshall Plan. The now. Marshall
1: Plan was a band that me, Harrison, and Thad were all in, so we should note that for the listeners who are not a- acquainted, and Mike Sanoff as well. Yeah, yes.
0: so thad and I have both played drums behind Todd and Harris yes so there there you go you guys
1: so. share a common bond yeah it's true
0: yeah that's right who's gonna be your next drummer you guys just get rid of them so easily I guess huh well we went, we, <laughs> we, we, <You> we just <laughs> go through drummers like uh, it's no big deal it's cool yeah yeah I don't know it's it's like spinal tap right? yeah you know, we're gonna
2: fi- I hope <laughs> we'll find somebody off our off
0: our lists you know <laughs> that'd be great so thad without any further ado let's get started man your list. All right. Um,
3: Well, when I thought about best drummers, um, I tried to determine what, I mean, there's a lot of great drummers. There's probably about 30 drummers I could have put on this list and justified it. So there's some selfishness in this. Um, I'm going to just start it off um, with Mitch Mitchell from the Jimi Hendrix Experience. Great drummer. Um, With Jimi, you had a amazing once-in-a-lifetime guitarist, and Mitch just matches his talent on the skins, and just he makes the band so much better because they can play off of each other, and I just thought that was a wonderful combination there.
1: And I think that's a great call. I, I think of, instantly, I think of Fire, and I think of the drum part yeah. in that song, yeah. and, uh, among yeah. others, but there's so many great drum parts that don't get the attention that they probably otherwise would because Hendrix, you know, is iconic
0: figure amazing yeah.
3: guitars in
0: the yeah that drumming on fire is really good oh yeah yeah good call all right the weird that... thing with the fifth
3: spot the weird thing with the fifth spot was i was trying i i went back and forth for a while i had terry bazio in there i had bill buford from king crimson and i had karen carpenter really which, i didn't um, know she played probably, drums. She's an amazing drummer. Yeah. Really? Wow. If, you, if you get a chance, I spent two hours today watching her drum solos
0: on <laughs> wow. YouTube. That sounds awesome. like a good YouTube sinkhole. Yeah, writer. YouTube, we're, we... we're all in the YouTube sinkholes. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
3: Like, she, she. but the thing was, she never, she played on one album. That okay, they I was going to
1: ask, like, if she played with the Carpenters, because I never saw her behind a drum kit.
3: Yeah, she only played on one album, and that's why I, did, I didn't put her on the list. This is just a shame, because there was. There's really no female, like amazing, great, like top 1.001% drummers that are female. And it's a real shame.
1: You're right. That. It's probably yeah less female drummers than any other. Yeah, know, that's, in, that's in the in yeah. rock rock bands. No, that's probably any, another list. Or... Top
0: chick drummers. I gotta think about it's that. True. Yeah. Any any nominations? Uh, did did Hole
1: have a female drummer? Was or that was the they basis? Had, that was the basis. They
3: had two. They had uh, they Sarah Maloney, Samantha oh, okay. Maloney. Excuse me. And I forget who she re- – she was the replacement. Okay. It wasn't Dr. Mar,
1: was it? She was the bass player, right?
3: No, that's the bass player. Okay.
1: That's what I thought. And then – the, the, because... I don't know why I think of the drummer for Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> oh, she word. was – oh, no, Never that's heard? a great she call. She good.
0: No, she is – and that is she... Carlos Santana's wife.
1: That, really? Yeah, that's
0: a great call. Wow. Yeah, and nice she now tours – she she tours with him they do yeah they've done some stuff no that's she's great Man. you know who yes, else yeah she is I remember oh, when that song came out i, I was know, like she's, she's amazing and she had that hair yeah the hair you know the who hair. else <laughs> you know who else has had a chick drummer for a, for a while <laughs> kid rock kid rock <laughs> i remember it? this yeah oh god kid rock for a guy <laughs> chick- that we banned from yeah. the show we really <laughs> well, well, talked well, about well, him a lot but, but yeah good call so thinking of C-
2: Cindy Blackman is, Cindy Blackman
0: yeah yeah they tour so they and there's like a Santana Blackman thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great call, Todd. Great call, Cindy Blackman. Yeah, OK. All right. All right. Mitch Mitchell, number five on your list. All right,
3: number four yeah. is someone you mentioned last week, Stuart Copeland from The Police. <laughs> yeah, he
0: gets That was mentioned. a great
3: Mash up. you played last week. I love that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the visit by Snoop Lion. Yeah, he's been Snoop. getting a lot of love lately. We've... Yeah.
3: Stuart Copeland. Um, Copeland, for me, is an, is an amazing drummer, um, lots of influence in Caribbean and Afro music, and you can really tell how it, it changed the songs. If I tried listening today to the place and imagining what it would have been like if it was just, you know, straight 4-4, four, four, um, no syncopation, and it's, it's not even a, even close to as great as songs without Copeland there.
1: So yeah, no, I think that's, that's
3: a why great point. It, um, number three is on everyone's list, Neil Peart from Rush. Um,
1: As he should be. Yeah, yeah
3: he should be on Amazing. everyone's list. Amazing. He's the drummer everyone every, every drummer wants to be. Um, number two is one I imagine you guys will have something to say about, is Clyde Stubblefeld from the James Brown Band. The reason I put him on this list is because he wrote what's called the Funky Drummer Break, which is one of the most significant pieces of music in music history. Because it's uh, in every rap song.
1: Wait, is this the Amen Break? Because Harrison and I had a discussion t- this week about the Amen Break. Is that the same thing? Or? No,
3: there's two. The Amen Break was written by oh. G.C. Coleman. Okay. And the Funky Drummer Break is, well, if you want to listen to it, could you, um, yeah, we'll I should have asked you here. to boot up some Public Enemy. Oh, yeah, Public, Public Enemy does use it. it.
0: Yeah, what, oh, yeah, they do sing. Yeah. But it's
3: um,
1: straight
0: funny. out of Compton. <laughs> yeah
1: and I just mentioned the Amen Break. Which um, it's a very educating us about. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he never he never got paid for that other than um, the royalties off the original album. Like, oh really? All the, all the samples uh, for Amen Break never paid out to so the guy who drummed it. it. was yeah, probably one of the most significant drum breaks of all time, if not the. And Thad, what's this this break called? Because I didn't. I didn't... It's called That's the Funky it. Drummer Break. Funky Drummer it's, Break. Um, okay. I,
3: I actually spent a couple hours today trying to find it because I swore I would have stolen it. I steal all <laughs> my good stuff. So I went through all the Marshall Plan um, discography and oh, tried nice. to find it. That's a good sinkhole.
1: <laughs> Did you find uh, it in there?
3: Uh, no, not quite. I okay. apparently didn't rip it off wholesale. <laughs> um, I'll just move on I to it.
1: No, I was gonna say. I, just, I mean, I think it's a cool choice. Not one that would, you know, it didn't occur to me in my research, but you know, there's clearly a large influence um, that he had.
3: So. Oh yes, um, and I'll move on to my number one, um, which is Buddy Rich, the famous jazz drummer. The reason I have him num- at number one is, like I said when I briefly discussed Neil Peart, everyone wants to be like Neil Peart nowadays,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: since the 70s. Neil Peart wanted to be Buddy Rich. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So,
3: to me, I I had to put him above Neil. And Buddy is an amazing... If you get a chance, another YouTube sinkhole is just Buddy Rich solos. Oh, yeah. Amazing, amazing.
1: I'm I'm glad you mentioned him because, as I told Thad early in the week, because he was, like, asking me if it was just, you know, just rock drummers. And I said, no, it could be drummers from any genre. But I said it'd probably be mostly rock because that's kind of a wheelhouse. But... Um, so I'm glad you mentioned him because obviously jazz drumming, you know, was around before rock drumming was, and you know was was hugely influential on most of the rock drummers and the ones that I, you know, I think about as great drummers. When I researched them, just like you're saying, like about Neil Peart, but they, those drummers when they were growing up in the 40s, 50s, whatever, but or 50s, 60s, Buddy Rich was yeah, he was the guy that they all emulated. So, you know, it it's very it's you know he's definitely worth has to be in this discussion
0: i think yeah no buddy so that's my buddy, top. buddy rich anybody oh, who learns how to play drums you learn about buddy rich i remember taking drum lessons and learning about buddy rich i mean you know he's all over the books and everything else so yeah definitely influential and, and a warranted number one from a, a guy who plays drums it's understandable
2: good list so, so that's, that's my,
0: yeah, my my top five <laughs> you can go, right. run
2: through them again there dad
3: um, Mitch Mitchell at five, Stuart Copeland at four, Neil Pert at three, Clyde Stubblefeld at two, and Buddy Rich at one.
0: Good list. Good list. Nice. All right, Harrison, take him on. Go ahead. Number All right, two. here we go. Yeah. Now,
2: I kind of feel like he, I, I feel like an asshole having this guy on my list again for the second week in a row, but it, <laughs> I had to put him on there. Um, my number five is Dave Grohl. Uh, And I think that that, um, you could almost put him on there just based on his Nirvana work alone, but the fact that he is a prolific studio drummer to this day and continues to show up on all sorts of different people's projects doing an an amazing metronomic drumming, um, I think warrants having him on this list for sure. Rolling Stone on their 100 Best Drummers list had him at number six. So he's at least in the conversation, I think.
0: I am and going I, to I fight could... you on this because before you, keep going if you want to keep going I was prepared <laughs> to fight you on this because I'm a big fan of Dave Grohl but this is not the right list for Dave Grohl and I'm I'll give it away Taylor Hawkins is on my list so I went and I found the following data to refute your argument regarding Dave Grohl being one of the best <laughs> drummers or the best drummer in the world and being ahead of Taylor Hawkins. Wow. Are you, yes. Are you ready I'm for this advanced research? There is an, there is an Anderson Cooper. 60 Minutes interview with Dave Grohl, in which he says this, hang on. Did you ever just like come and play drums on your own Listen, hell no. No.
2: I hate playing drums by myself. I can't practice by myself. Was it
0: hard for you to give
1: up being the drummer? I mean, mean, a lot of people would say you're the best drummer of your generation
2: of rock and roll. Well, I disagree with that, but when you have a drummer like Taylor Hawkins in your band... I don't necessarily miss being the drummer because I have the greatest drummer in the world. Boom!
0: Boom! Oh, 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 nice. oh that's okay. it, Harrison. Continue, nice. continue, so he's humble. Continue that's all we learned. Continue, continue, continue on. Yeah,
3: he's just humble. Yes. He's humble. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: carry on. There you go. I, I, think, I think there's an argument to be
2: made that his drumming we... on Nevermind is what drives that album and what actually makes it a great album. Because if you compare that to the stuff from Bleach, like sliver, um, where you know you have this like really, it's a really just a different speed, and you can tell that Cobain is is driving that, and then you get to um, smells like Teen Spirit, and it's a da da yeah. da 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 bam, and you're into that album, and it goes for the rest of the album. I think he does a great job from beginning to end.
1: I agree that <laughs> Dave Grohl elevated Nirvana as a band because you know because yeah, the Bleach, while Bleach is a great album, you can tell the songs are there. But yeah, the, the drumming does not stand out that much, but I would say, if you're going to say what makes it a great album, though, it still goes to Cobain's, you know, his songwriting. Well, I, yeah, I mean, it well, all comes well together, but better he, I
2: think he brought that, I think that's what you know made Nevermind one of the greatest albums of all time, right? He I think he pulled it together, but he also shows up everywhere, man. He's played with He's played on Nine Inch Nails albums. He was played for Puff Daddy, David Bowie, Queens of the Stone Age, oh, Killing God. Jay, Cat
0: Power. Wait a minute, wait a minute. The Puff Daddy, the all, Prodigy. A, no, no, hold on hold on, hold on. hold on, back it up. 10 back 10 it 10 up. 10 <laughs> back it up. Are you referring <laughs> Oh, we're going to go.
2: No, 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 gonna back, about
0: the, first of all, my, Harrison, first of all, Zach Brown, we're not even getting into Zach Brown on this show. That, that, that's a whole, we're not, w- the worthiness of Zach Brown, That we're not even going to discuss that, okay? But you have to throw it in there, and then you just kind of throw, you're just basically going quantity. What about quality? You're talking, the Puff Daddy thing, I believe, I'm going to pull this out. I believe it was the song that he did on the Godzilla soundtrack, and it was... It was it sampled cashmere, I think. It, it, I think this is it, and it's no, it's, no. He did. He he did. Right? He did the drums for uh, or it's all, all about, about the Benjamins. Benjamins. Oh, that was my other guess. Okay, yeah. it's that. Come on, yeah. give me a, no. That, that doesn't stand the test <laughs> it of It counts. Time. It counts. I mean, I'm sure we were rocking out to it 15, 20 years ago, but no, not now. No, you know, all about the cash. 15, 20
3: minutes minutes ago. Yeah. Is more right. Like right.
0: <laughs> yeah. next thing you're going to tell me that What's mace is the greatest 90s hip-hop artist of the of, the, of that era go ahead. i mean come on man no, come on no. all right no you got no, come on all you about the benjamins something. all about the benjamins okay all right this it's is a lot of this list. we yeah i'm just saying I'm, I'm foreshadowing the fact that we can't have both dave Grohl and taylor hawkins on the list so prepare so thad <laughs> and todd prepare your arguments because the final right. list yeah okay Go ahead, Harrison. Sorry. Number
2: number four um, on my list, uh, and I put him at number four just because I'm not a, a huge like a huge Who fan. So I had Keith Moon at number four, but he is, I think, to this day the I kind of the, the caricature icon of what we think of as an out of like a, a the drummer. Every movie, every drummer in every any movie that's ever been made has been doing his best Keith, best Keith Moon impression. Right, this guy actually did all the shit that they do in the movies like he drove a car into a swimming pool yeah, he had his <laughs> drums explode on stage like he did that like on it, the regular it's funny you mentioned
3: the car in the swimming pool that happened in my hometown really the,
2: nice. yeah
3: it happened in flint michigan it was it's local Weren,
2: legend weren't they banned for life from all holiday Inns from that, that point forward i think <laughs> yep Uh-oh. they got banned
3: for life
0: here's yeah no he he's
2: Ha- I was going to say, Keith yeah. Moon is your classic kind
1: of like madman drummer, you know? Yeah. He's yeah. He the, the man.
0: Harrison, have you, been, have you been banned from any hotel chains? No.
2: no Not yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. They still let you in the best Western. Yeah. Huh? Surprising. <laughs> Not to the front door. I'm going to to come on back to the back. Yeah. <laughs> you in through the outdoor. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh,
0: nice. We'll get to All that. Right, yeah. so
2: number, number three on my list is uh, is, is Danny Carey from Tool. Um, and Great choice. Thank you. Hey, thank you. I think I might, the, my best example for this one would probably be uh, Lateralis. If you wanted to listen to that, um, like the ridiculous time signatures they use, they, There's like a, I think it goes from like 7-12 to 9-12 or something like that, or in the middle of the song. and.
0: Thad, are you a Tool guy?
2: You're,
0: you're a Tool guy? Um,
3: not... Not a huge Tool guy, but
0: but enough, right? I, I, yeah.
3: yeah. Well, it's the time signatures with Danny Carey. Yeah. He's,
0: okay. He's very
3: creative with them. So.
1: Would you say some of his best work is demonstrated <laughs> in
0: Hooker with a Penis? Because <laughs> Todd, and I, Todd we... and I are not see, I had to Todd or and, and I are not it. Tool guys, so it's like no or Stinkfest.
2: would be a good. <laughs> <laughs> the tool I, I, I the or sober and you'll find i mean just some ridiculous drumming from beginning to end so and those you know i mean it's tough stuff so i give him i give him a lot of credit there.
0: I, I knew that tool number two get, on my i list, knew tool would get love on this list yeah go ahead all right all right number number
2: two on my list is uh john bottom uh, Led Zeppelin, I think you know, say no more, right? When the levee breaks, or uh, good times, bad times, the drumming on those are just phenomenal. You know, the triplets oh, yeah. and everything else he's got going on in there just kills it. So uh, he's my number two, and then my number one is, as as we said, on all lists, is going to be Neil Peart. So.
0: Yep, Neil Peart is will make every list. Um, oh yeah, it's a it's a good list. Why don't you uh, read that back to us, Harrison? Recap your list. Sure.
2: My man, Dave Grohl, number five. Keith uh-huh. Moon at four. Danny uh-huh. Carey at three. Yeah. John Bottom at two. Uh-huh.
0: We had to play it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> glad
2: you queued it
1: up.
0: Good job. That drumming, yeah. huh? Isn't uh-huh. that? Yeah. All about attention. This is definitely Dave Grohl's uh-huh. finest work. Eight. He's playing yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't think I used. I was <laughs> I didn't. That's not, it's <laughs> his finest work. You're the one who's beating this horse, all right?
3: <laughs> See, that's not the version they
2: drummed on, though. That's, that's not the. Yeah. You need to get the rock remix. Oh, you're right.
0: Drumming. That was the. uh that, that was the, obviously the hip hop version with a loop underneath. But. All right. Fine. Here's the rock remix. Wait. Is this the rock? There's like four – oh, Oh, rock remix. Yeah. He's on rock remix one and
2: rock remix two.
0: Oh. <laughs> Oh, this was well this was you see, every episode we have to discuss rap rock shit every episode. Nineteen ninety nine, man. Oh, oh cross. Oh, that right. reminds me I
1: saw a BuzzFeed thing this week. I don't know if you guys saw it, I someone posted it on Facebook and it was uh, like seventeen reasons why nineteen ninety nine was the greatest year. You in know,
0: I saw so, what the oh. f yeah, I, what
1: I I I I, I, I <clears throat> I was thinking I'm hoping it was a joke. I think it was a joke. Yeah, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, that's why. But horrible. if you if you google it, it's worth reading because it, it 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 really sums up how just how awful of a year 1999 was. I mean, it was one of the <laughs> worst years. I
0: like we discussed that. Nin- 90 so. 90 Seven to 01 is like is the worst. Ninety eight to 01 is the worst era. Of but I think ninety nine might have been yeah. like the loop. low point. Yeah, Woodstock sure.
2: ninety nine, man, yeah, that yeah. was a low point. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. You that know, but, cool. but I've bad. been
0: a, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna. That was the
2: first match.
0: I've been going down a YouTube sinkhole <laughs> lately. Woodstock ninety nine. There were some. There was a. Uh, there were some quality acts. On the on the bill, like a lot of quality. If you look there at, there were definitely some good acts. Yeah, it was I mean, a disaster. Of yeah, them. it was a disaster. Yeah, because the, the bad ones, I guess, were really bad. That was that's probably the problem. The bottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah they yeah, were. Yeah, they yeah. were really bad. But all right, I, I'm sorry, Harrison. I interrupted you, and I don't even play the. I didn't even have the bit right because I didn't even play the right version. So go ahead and. Oh, it's fine. Share a uh, your list. You're you're up now. No, Dave Grohl, Keith Moon, Danny Carey, John Bonham. Who am I? Forgetting? Neil Pert and Neil Pert. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got through. It. I got through it. Okay. All right. My list. My list now. Number five. He's played with everybody. You see him on every award show. Uh, best known for his work with John Mellencamp, Kenny Aronoff. And he's done a ton of studio work, too. But you see him now. Anything you watch, you'll see Kenny Aronoff as part of the band, along with Don Wath. Uh, you'll always see Kenny Aronoff there, too. So he's always doing that stuff, and I, I, you know, he's been in rock music for a long time. Number four, Taylor Hawkins. We've already discussed that. Number three is Matt Sorum. I started to, you know, what I started to do is I thought back to why I wanted to play drums. And I always remember hearing, and there are two drummers that stick out to me from different, very different sounding drummers. But two of them stick out to me. And when I started playing drums, it was middle school and I was listening to Guns N' Roses. And Matt Sorum uh, is, is the drummer from Guns N' Roses who was on Use Your Illusion. I love this intro and You Could Be Mine, which I think got me to want to play drums. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I yeah, forgot. Yeah. I even heard listen to oh, this Oh, song. this song's wow. great, man. And then the build-up. I love the video. Yeah. The Terminator. Yeah, and, <laughs> awesome. the, and then I think, is this the video where uh, Axl Rose's outfit includes spandex shorts and a catcher's uh, pad? Like, I think... <laughs> yes, I think... <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> yeah. sure. That's yes. right. It's a classic yeah. Axl outfit. So, not with the ammo. But there is, yeah. But it's interesting. So when I was doing the research on this, though, Matt Sorum on my list for at number three with "You Could Be Mine," and then I was starting to think, when did Matt Sorum actually join the band? I wanted to confirm that that's actually him drumming. Now he did record "Use Your Illusion," but the demos were recorded with Steven Adler. So I don't know if he just mimicked what Steven Adler had done. Um, And you know, I'm not trying to build a case against Matt Sorum. It's just kind of interesting. And then obviously, no, keep doing it. Keep doing it. (laughs) Well, I mean, who can... Who, You're making it easier. Who can forget about Matt Sorum's work in, uh, I don't know, some classic rock? I'm sure he did. not. He wasn't in Chickenfoot. Kenny Aronoff was actually in no, Chad Smith. He was? Oh, yeah, there's a... Chad romantic, Smith. Yeah, yeah, Chad. Well, no, but Kenny Aronoff then toured with Chickenfoot because oh, Chad Smith okay. wasn't available. Uh, oh, okay. So, but Matt Sorum has been in, I think, some of the shitty classic rock experiments, right? There, there's got to be some <laughs> of them that he's been involved in. He probably with. played in, like, Bad Company or yeah, The Queen yeah. Reformed. Yeah, oh, Queen oh God. Queen like Queen plus Adam Lambert—they love that in the UK. Yes. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know what he's he's anyway. <laughs> he's, but it,
1: my that, only issue with Sorum, my, yeah is yeah, the, the body of work is not right. quite there. Like he didn't play on Appetite, which is their right. I think their best album. Right, right. And then use use your illusion. I
0: mean, those those albums
1: are great, but then you know then we know what happened i don't know if you want to take credit for
0: that no but they did tour with him off i mean off of you know and he was a part of the band and obviously working with velvet revolver uh so i I, matt Sorum comes in at number three just you know i always interpret it it's favorite drummers here Uh, so you know no but on your number
1: four pick this is i didn't comment but taylor hawkins uh i think when you see the foo fighters live that's when i uh you know he, he jumped way up on my list After seeing, you know, I've seen him live a bunch of times, but he is an incredible drummer live, and I don't know that it uh, translates in the studio as much. I agree.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I also thought a lot about guys that I had seen live, and uh, of my list, you know, both Taylor Hawkins, and then my number two is going to be Carter Beaufort from dave matthews band and because then i think about okay you know after uh the middle school years then i got into the hippie shit in high school and then i was still drumming and then i listed a lot of carter beaufort and dave matthews and i listen and if i had to pick one specific thing from him um it was it's the end of number 41 into say goodbye todd we oh, yeah about say goodbye but i love that and his his percussion really carries it and it's great he's
2: such a like a Delicate drummer. Yeah, I was gonna say finesse. I think of finesse. Very uh, finesse, finesse. finesse. That's a much better word oh, than delicate
0: yeah, yeah, especially on, on this <laughs> bit here, yes, delicate. That, well, I'm a, I'm a delicate <laughs> flower, Harrison. So yes, you is, really yeah. are. But I love this 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 drumming here for this is for number forty one. And I love this is one of my favorite segues too on any album for number forty one to say goodbye. You know, back in the day when we used to put together mixtapes, I felt like I could never separate the two songs on mixtapes, but anyway. And then here, this is the interesting. Goodbye. All right, so Carter Beaufort, and then, yeah, I got Neil Pert at number one. So my list is Kenny (laughs) on five, Taylor Hawkins, four, Matt Storm, three, Carter Beaufort, two, and Neil Pert number one. Great list. All right. Okay. Oh, thanks for the comment, Harrison. I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Yes. All right. right. Scott, you're up. Should I kick it? Yeah. Can I kick it? Let the drummer kick it.
1: Well, can I kick it? Is a good question to start this off because I I, um, I ventured into oh. hip hop for my n- number five choice, which we haven't really talked about. We talked about it a little bit with the, the hip hop break, but um, I have Questlove at number five, the the great Questlove, um, who I think I think he really elevated what live hip hop could be, or just hip hop in general. But but having that live drum sound, where you know before the roots, you really didn't see a lot of uh, you know you didn't see a lot of rappers using live, necessarily live drummers. I know Beastie Boys we talked about last week and they did that so. um But I, the Roots really, I feel like, carved out this sound of their own that no one has ever really replicated um and scott i think we saw them back at 930 club in the 90s sometime. oh yeah Yeah, but i got a better story i saw the incredible
0: yeah but i saw the roots open Uh, they were the third band on a bill with the beastie boys headlined john spencer blues explosion was the opener and the opener for them was the roots and the roots were introduced as this small band out of philly uh and that was uh back in uh, probably 95 maybe 96 uh no i think it it was 95 and it was yeah, they were remarkable then. And Todd, after you had told me that you were putting Questlove on your list, I went back. I listened to a bunch of Roots stuff this week, and I agree with the statement that you just made. It's such a unique sound, and it's completely underrated. That band, oh, yeah. uh, obviously mainstream success w- with the Jimmy Fallon collaboration, but you look at you just you ignore that, and you just listen to the recorded stuff, the studio stuff. Uh, not to mention the live shows are fantastic, and I've seen them oh, yeah. several times. But the live, and- show, yeah it's, it's Andy, and
2: separately he's a hell of a producer too yeah oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no but their their so, sound
0: so unique i agree todd well well yeah, said so man. i i i thought
1: it was yeah i i really thought it was i wanted to have him on there but uh and they have fun fact they were i didn't know this but i learned this this week their original name was the square roots and then they dropped the square oh. so, which was oh nice probably a good idea to drop the square <laughs> yeah. so they didn't, they, people would instantly think they were like nerd rock if you saw the square roots. But, but little did they anyway, know. Little on, did no,
0: they know twenty years after their birth being nerdy would be so cool. So they would be fine. That's true. Yeah. They were ahead of their time. Yeah.
1: Um in a lot of ways. So number four, um this guy is, you know, the I would say the defining a like, preeminent drummer in metal, and
3: that's Lars Ulrich.
1: Um, oh no,
3: no, 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 no. No? <laughs> Why? What do you what do you think, Beth?
1: Do you not like Lars or do you think someone else is just someone else? I think Lars
3: sucks. Really? And, Why do you think
1: he sucks? Explain.
3: All right. So he uses, when he mics his drums, he puts a lot of echo on there. Mm-hmm. And instead of a ride cymbal, he uses his china. And if you break down all of the noise that he's producing, he's really just playing this straight 4-4 four, four beat all the time. And just occasionally throwing these unnecessary fills all over the place. He's damn <laughs> really not that good. Todd, he
0: played. Look. Oh man, what? that yeah, that was a good argument from Thad. no, okay. no it's a good yeah. argument. Yeah. My, what I, I would argue that that he
1: was kind of sure. a pi- pioneer in terms of thrash drumming. That, um, you know, the speed and power that he that he had. I, I don't know. I feel like there weren't you have you not a lot of guys had gone there. Um, when he was doing it in around 1981, which is when he moved to the U.S. Um, And maybe, you know, part of it is just I love the music. But if you listen to a song like One, um, that one, uh, you know, the double bass drum on that, I think I I, I love that sound. I would would admit that Lars is not the most technically proficient by any means. I think Neil Peart wins in that category as far as rock drummers. Um, But, yeah, the sound on songs like One or Fight Fire with Fire, Battery, Master of Puppets, I don't know. I mean, I think the drums are a big part of what makes those songs great. Um, obviously, you know, Kirk Hammett's guitar. You know, I'm a huge fan of that too. So, anyway, I have Lars number four. We can dispute that. Maybe it won't make the final list. I know it's not on anyone else's list, but it's hard for me to think of rock drumming or drumming in general without thinking of Lars. And maybe that's also because he's, you know, a much bigger personality than most drummers are in bands. Much, you know, he's almost the face of Metallica, at least him and Hetfield. And you don't find a lot of bands where a drummer is in that position where he's not singing. So, anyway, um, moving on to number three, I have Keith Moon, as Harrison mentioned earlier. Um, you covered it pretty well, but, uh, you know, I think he was, like, the, one of the most... He had that that unpredictable quality where you never knew what was coming with him, and uh, and obviously playing fast and loud and being destructive, all those things. Uh, you know, he's, he's a quintessential rock drummer in so many ways, so I had to have him on the list. Um, number two, I do have Neil Peart at number two, um, again, like I said before, I think he is the most technically proficient of, of rock drummers. I don't know that there's a lot of argument there. Probably not from you guys, it sounds like. And uh, what's interesting about Neil Peart to me, going back to what I kind of said about Lars, but Neil Peart um, is the primary lyricist for Rush, and that's you know very obviously very unusual um, to have a drummer as your primary lyricist, and especially for a band where you know their lyrics are very, I don't know what the right word is, esoteric or arcane. I don't know. But, uh, but um, anyway, I, I thought, uh, anyway, he's obviously worth mentioning. I also didn't know about his Ayn Rand fascination. I learned about that this week. Oh. That he discovered Ayn, Ayn Rand in the early 70s, and that's what 2112 was about and Fly By Night were all Ayn Rand.
2: Oh, that's terrible. Albums.
1: So I know I'm going to just tear him down in your eyes, but this is my effort to get him down to number two, at least.
2: Well, we're in all. his defense,
3: <laughs> he's kind of moved away from that. He. He has. He. Has, I agree. This was in the
2: seventies. Yeah, and he's 70s, Canadian, but... man. They can only. They can only get so far from socialism.
3: Plus, I, you know, <laughs> I have to justify dropping a hundred and some bucks to see Russian concert this summer. So. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah, see they're coming to the palace. Nice. So I'm. I'm yeah, getting. Cool. Uh, sweet tickets. Oh, nice.
1: I'm. I'm. I'm motivating. I'm trying to motivate to go to Jiffy Lube, which, if you remember, it used to be Nissan Pavilion when you lived here, probably, but. An awful venue, but Rush is playing there, and I, yeah, it takes it does take motivation for me to want to drive all the way out there. to bumblefuck Virginia. So, yeah, but I think I can do it. I think I can make it. Um, and then coming in at number one, uh, as Harrison discussed, John Bonham. To me, this was he was number one all along. I didn't have to I didn't have to think about it that much. But I did learn some things over the course of the week, um, as I often do. Uh, but I do I feel like he defined rock drumming more than any other drummer, um, and, and and maybe, again, I put him above Neil Peart because, um, you know, I'm a bigger Zeppelin fan than I am a Rush fan, I'll admit that, um, I feel like Rush is the Canadian Zeppelin, which is a compliment, it's not a put down, um, and, and really, if you listen to the early Rush, uh, like um, Working Man, that kind of stuff, it sounds like, you know, it sounds a lot like Zeppelin, um, but you, yeah, you listen to songs like Cashmere, When the Levee Breaks, The Ocean, I mean, just incredibly powerful, um, and and it was it, I think Zeppelin was the first band that I listened to where like the drums really jumped out at me because I think when I was younger I wasn't really I wasn't listening with a drummer's ear because I wasn't a drummer I was playing guitar so that's kind of uh, you know the place that, that Bonham has in, in my mind but what was interesting is that his idol, childhood idols were Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa which I kind of got at earlier with a lot of those drummers of that era and his alcoholic tendencies Keith Moon as well for pretty, um, well, very notorious, but he actually drank 40 shots of vodka in 24 hours before he died, so that's, that's yeah. re- that, it's, it bears it's it's remarkable in a sad way, but he, he even died, he was only 32 years old, so very sad I mean, it, you just, wow. a talent yeah. like that to burn out so young you know, it's just like a lot of others of his generation though, but such a shame when you think about what Zeppelin could have done had they continued, and what's kind of admirable about Zeppelin is they broke up in 1980 after he died, and they were like, "It's not Zeppelin anymore." And you know, they, they got back together a couple of times for like one-offs, but you know, there's still talk, obviously, to this day about reforming.
2: So yeah, but maybe, and then when they do, they play do play they play with John Bonham Jr. So Jason, Jason Bonham, oh, I was that was Playing in my head, yeah, was I was.
0: Actually... Yeah, Jason Bonham. What? No, that, I was trying to remember his Jason name, too. <laughs> It was killing me. I thought it was John Bonham, too. <laughs> yeah, you were close. Yeah, but might to, as well to, be. Just yeah.
1: to pull this all together, to bring it, yeah. I want to bring it back to where Harrison's Jason Bonham has
0: been in plenty of the shitty classic rock experiments, by the way. Oh, definitely. He's been in, definitely, yeah, definitely, he's, yeah. A, he's a charter member of those. He's usually, yeah, he's always involved in those, like... I don't know, like Skinner reborn or whatever. I mean, not that that's one of them. Cause they don't, he was probably in one of those bad company. Retreads, yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're really kicking the <laughs> he bad would fit in there. Co- yeah, yeah. He would. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I wanted yeah. to
1: bring this full circle with, uh, cause Harrison started it off, uh, at, or it came in with Dave Grohl and uh, Dave Grohl has a great quote about John Bonham. So here's my testimony. Scott had his testimony about Dave from Dave Grohl.
0: Um,
1: and I, I have some testimony and Dave Grohl said, John Bonham played the drums like someone who didn't know what was going to happen next, like he was teetering on the edge of a cliff. No one has come close to that since, and I don't think anybody ever will. I think he will forever be the greatest drummer of all time. So, and that coming from the guy who inducted Rush into the Rock and Roll Hall of
0: Fame, so there you go. Yeah, that's that's true. Nice. So I, uh, I rest so my case. That is that's a good that's a good argument. Go <laughs> uh, read back your 5, Todd. All right, my 5 5 Questlove, 4 Lars Ulrich, 3 Keith Moon, 2 Neil Peart, And one John Bonham. All right, it's a big, a lot, a lot to to discuss here as we make up the final, the final five list. But there's a lot of honorable mentions too that we we should probably talk about. One thing that came to mind for me was percussion groups right so uh for both almond brothers and the dead i thought of mickey hart and krutzman with the dead and then jmo and butch trucks with the almonds uh neither making the list i feel like if you did put them on the list they'd have to be on the list not the two of them but you'd have to have jmo and butch trucks together or hart and krutzman together sense. uh yeah. yeah so those were two I no, don't know collins
2: me. well collins probably could have made a list you think i think yeah, <laughs> probably, no i think he probably could have yeah, i don't what i
1: could've. Yeah. He, yeah. he actually he he filled in for John Bonham when Zeppelin played Alive in 1985. Oh, didn't know. I, that. Phil Collins was on the drums. I, I again, I just learned that this week, but uh, that was surprising to me. It, it, uh, eleva- it you know, raised my opinion yeah. of In the air
2: tonight, ma'am, that is
0: a classic drum. That is, that
1: yeah, is a great that is drum. classic. In yeah. Genesis, there are a lot of good drum parts yeah. in, in you yeah. know Genesis.
3: That's true.
0: All right. Should we go ahead and make the final list, or is there any any other honorable mentions that anybody wants to throw? I out was just
1: going to mention because Thad is with us today, um, and I know Smashing Pumpkins are one of his mm. absolute favorite bands, or at least they they were. Um, but I was I, I was shocked that Jimmy Chamberlain wasn't on your list. So he's was, was he he's in contention? Done. I have to ask.
3: Not really. No? I okay. I started off by I made a list of all the drummers I could think of, mm-hmm. and then I put Ringo as like a balancing point, like. They weren't as good as Ringo. They were crossed off. <laughs> and then I used Jimmy That's as the next one. Wow, Ringo is like Ringo's the next principal. Who so, was the next one?
1: Oh, Jimmy Chamberlain.
3: Jimmy Chim- Chamberlain. So, oh, okay. like, plus he's not even the best drummer to play for the Pumpkins.
0: Ah. Right, you know who it was? Like, you know who it was? Who was the who's Kenny, Kenny Aronoff. Aronoff. Yes. Kenny Aronoff. Oh. Yes, that's exactly where I was wow. going. we really, I love it. All the connections. <laughs> All right. So through. you know what? With any, without any further ado, then Kenny Aronoff is going up on the big board as we start to make the final five. That's awesome. <laughs> that All works right. for me. All right. So let's make Let's make put up the big board. I think you know Buddy Rich and Clyde Stubblefeld probably deserve mentions on the show, but I don't think for this list they particularly should have a spot is that fair among the group I, is that I, I, I i'm okay with it i don't know if that yeah. is but that i'm all right that with makes that. sense okay all right so that leaves us uh, dave, i think dave Grohl and taylor hawkins both belong up there uh on the on the big board mm. well wait well I, I don't know about both of them okay hold on well hold, no no not i won well, both them are, it down. We're yeah yeah, get like, yeah 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 neil Peart, Right. this isn't the final yeah, pert bonham and john moon bonham. right moon yeah yeah okay
2: so i think that those are i think those are already all on there maybe in that
0: order quest love, maybe yeah quest love i think deserves after our discussion i think quest love okay um so now i've got so then this is who's let who's on the big list then speak up if, if if you want to make an argument for anybody else neil pert taylor hawkins kenny aronoff dave grohl quest love john bonham keith moon anybody else belong up there
1: I think that's pretty. That's
0: good. Todd, do you want you want to argue for Lars? I'm not, I'm not gonna argue. Cause, you got. You know, I, <laughs> I know Thad's gonna try to take that down. Okay, so I'm
2: bye.
1: not gonna. I'm not going I already have four on the big board, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah, right.
2: Danny carries the drummer for Nerd, so we'll, you know, yeah. Fine, I said it. Oh, wait, for what? nerds! Oh, I thought you—yeah, <laughs> I L. thought you meant for NERD. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like, for nerds. Oh no! Yeah, the tool.
0: No, the, the tool people will be will be crazy. You know, they'll be so mad that we didn't include uh, Danny oh, yeah. Carrier. They're gonna be honestly. all over
1: us on Twitter, now. Yeah.
0: Okay, so uh, so Neil pert obviously remains on the list. Uh, Bonham and Moon probably on the list because of the, their appearance in so many lists. That leaves us with Questlove, Taylor Hawkins, Kenny Aronoff. Dave Grohl, hmm, for two spots. Okay. Thad, what do you think?
3: Um, Questlove for sure. Okay. Um, yes. I kind of want to spite Grohl and Hawkins and leave them both off the list. Hmm. Yeah, I do,
0: I do too. Oh right. wow! a. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, then I win because I get Kenny. Then you get, yeah, get Kenny Aronof. Aronof. Yeah, yeah, you get Kenny Aronoff. I get Kenny Aronoff. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool.
2: Oh, well, I'm screwed.
0: I could live with that. I could.
1: Hmm. Maybe we can get Questlove at four, Aronoff at five. And then we can argue over the top three. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Harrison. Hey, Harrison. How uh, did you get? You got. Did you get Harrison? Anyone? You got three of your guys. Three of your guys. Yeah, still? you got three yeah, of your guys.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they got it in there. <laughs> All
0: right. All right. So it's so left on the board: Neil Pert, John Bonham, Keith Moon, Questlove, and Kenny Aronoff. What's the order?
1: Well, I think I mean, we, I think we were saying we could put Aaron off five, Questlove four. Okay. If right Yeah, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then I think Moon probably at three because Harrison and I both had him lower than Bonham. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think it's really just a question of yeah Ooh. Bonham versus Pert. I, I think, think Neil, you guys I mean, all had Pert on the li- your list. Neil
2: Pert's on everybody's list, and he was number one on two out of four lists, so I think that makes him number one. And John Bottoms. All right, John I can Bonham live with that. A, uh, the Canadian a, one
1: one B, we'll call him Canadian Zeppelin. That's
0: number, number one slot. Wait, we put yep. so we put Neil pert at one or John Bonham at one. Neil, Neil Peart, yeah, People that's what I thought. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Canadians. So the final, oh, the final. Uh, hang on, the final list. Oh, you know what? I don't have a drum roll sound ready. Anyway, the final list: number five, Kenny Aronoff, number four, <laughs> Questlove; number three, Keith Moon; number two, John Bonham; and number one, Neil Pert of Rush. There you go. The definitive yeah, twisty right. lister list or list that. Thanks so much for contributing today. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Uh, before we go, uh, as usual, running down uh, some stories from the week, I wanted to throw something out there. I did want to mention Zane Lowe, BBC radio one with his last show. I think he's the world's best radio DJ. He did his last show for BBC radio one this past week. Uh, and I used to listen to to his show pretty often and he's discovered a hell of a lot of bands. I feel like he carried on the tradition of John Peel, and I just wanted to mention that. And he's moving on now to Apple to do, God only knows what there. But uh, anyway, that I wanted to mention that. Anything else that's that 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 uh, that you guys want to throw out there from this week as far as news and notes?
1: I just wanted to mention um, that there's a. It's uh, I'm excited. There's a new uh, Brian Wilson biopic. Yeah. It's coming out in June, um, and it's called Love and Mercy. And it does feature my favorite actor, John Cusack, as well as Paul Dano. And I think they play Brian Wilson at different ages in his life. But I, I think that should be – I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but it, I'm definitely excited about that. There's
0: also a Brian – Mentioning. Yeah, yeah, there's also a Brian Wilson festival taking place or tribute concert, I guess. Oh, yeah, a, in, in L.A., LA right? Yeah, and Oh, I also I want to mention that. Brian Wilson. I thought he, he's got a great name for his, his new album coming out. It's awesome. No. Uh, what is it? I bet Jimmy Buffett's so pissed that he decided to use this instead of Jimmy Buffett. He it's called no peer pressure. P I E R. Love it. That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, that yeah. Does sound yeah. very Buffett. <laughs> yeah, it is very Buffett. So, uh, Harrison, anything anything of note to you this week? Uh, you're just so uh, mad. I'm look- you're mad. No, I'm you're looking mad. forward
2: to the new uh, Modest Mouse album coming out next week, so I'll have something to talk about uh, for that cuz I've been Yeah, you know, it's been a while since they've had anything and I'm looking forward to it.
0: Cool. And what have you guys been listening to lately?
1: Um, I've been listening to, I don't know if Harrison talked about it, but we, father John Misty, his new album, which I really am enjoying. I think it's really good. It's called, I love you honey bear. And um, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's definitely an extension of what he did on his first album. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as the first album, but that's not a, a cut necessarily. Cause I love the first album, but you know, I think we're off to a great start this year as far as uh, hyper literate rock goes. And and when you or folk rock, and you look at the Decemberists and Father John Misty. So those are two of my early candidates for best albums of the year. And then also also New Modest Mouse song is out, the single, and then Death Cab also. So I'm excited about those. And they're so far so good. Uh,
2: and I um, I suffered through Smoke and Mirrors by Imagine Dragons. Um, it is. Oh. It's awful! Terrible. It's just awful. Yeah. I say that with with with, uh, you know, I really liked their first album, but it it always came off to me like I felt like it didn't carry from one song to the next. Like you know, it sounded like a different band on each song, and they've kind of kept that up with this new one. Except the songwriting is just really terrible. So
1: they're trying to be all things to all people, and, yeah. and it kind of it kind of worked on the first album, I think, but but it really mm. doesn't work on this album. I mean, it's just. It's probably it was probably more painful to listen to, through the album than than even the new Drake. So
2: yeah, and and, and, on and my, that includes, my
1: scale of Drake to, to five.
2: So, let's just say there's a, a track 12 on the album is called "Hopeless Opus," and that's all you need to know. I or think. what about
1: gold? That's not that song. Gold. Gold. Is all over. Yes. He says everything I touch turns to gold. It's terrible.
2: He's lamenting his success. That's of fair. course. It's a very second album thing to do.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're they're a pretty cheesy band. Dad, anything that you're listening to these days?
2: Um, well,
3: uh, I'm waiting for the new Prodigy to come out at the end of the month. Um, looking forward to that. And uh, a girl I went to high school with, who's pretty big on the German symphonic metal scene. <laughs> um, Amanda <laughs> Somerville.
1: She dropped nice. a new
2: single last. Week.
1: Wait, sorry. So no, I, I just checked the German symphonic metal. I just wasn't expecting
2: that. Amanda Sommerfeld. Is that what he said? Somerville. Somerville,
3: Somerville, Somerville. Nice. So I checked. I mean, it's not really my thing, but it's. I mean, she's obviously talented. That's cool. Um,
0: album is called Haze. If, Hayes, you, if you like, kind of like... Haze of Nemesis. Wait, no, she was on an album. Wait, what? Amanda. I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you. Yeah. Anyway, Amanda Somerville. Look it up. Yeah. I was trying to find. Sorry, that I was trying to find some material for Amanda Somerville. Oh, it's all right. Yeah so uh well what yeah okay i mean <laughs> synthetic it's metal, it, yeah, it's symphonic it reminds
3: me a lot of like post pre-90s like um like that you guys remember that duo that ozzy did with lita ford oh yeah yeah it kind of reminded was... me a little bit of that
0: I okay. love how the metal never dies in Europe. It's so great. Like how oh, they, that's true. It, it's so amazing. Dude, they, I saw the
1: Scorpions are doing an anniversary tour and it's like it said it was 50 their 50th anniversary and I was like that can't be right. <laughs> But I need to fact check that. I was like, how can Scorpions. Scorpions are as old as the
2: Grateful Dead? Yeah. You you see, the tickets are going for $15,000. You know what? No, I think the Scorpions. Yeah, for the Grateful Dead 50th anniversary
0: cash grab. You know what? You know what? You know what I would pay? How much do you say they are? How much? $15,000
2: 15000 uh, I'd, I'd, I'd pay
0: I'd pay 15000 if the Scorpions and the Grateful Dead celebrated their 50th anniversary together in Chicago <laughs> that, that, that'd that would be cool yeah. that would be amazing <laughs> They wouldn't even have to play; they just have to like have a party. Rock you, rock you like a sugary, Uh, yeah. It'd be something like that. Anyway, I've been listening to uh, another. I'll give it. I I talked about a chick singer last week, Randy Carlyle. This week, I've been listening to Fire Watcher's Daughter, which I discovered somehow through some Twitter. I think it was, I don't know. You know, she's on ATO. I. It's amazing. The lineup on ATO Records is incredible. I feel like they just have this stacked lineup of artists. Uh, Anyway, Randy Carlyle, Fire Watcher's Daughter. That's what I'm listening to. Uh, It's been a good show. It's been fun. And I think we should leave with this one for Harrison.